Hello, Monetization Nation. Trust has become so crucial in today's market. It is heavily tied to credibility. If someone doesn't trust us, they won't find us credible, and they often won't choose our product or service over another, more credible product or service. In Chris Brogan's book, Trust Agents, he explains that we need to become trust agents within our businesses if we want to find success. In the last episode, we discussed how Chris was able to ride the waves of tectonic shift to leverage success. In this episode, Chris will share six strategies to become a trust agent. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business, causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan William, the host of Monetization Nation, where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. Going back to the example you gave, Frank was successful because he didn't have the permission of the higher ups and because he was willing to truthfully say when something sucked, right? So that, that's a great, great question. Great comment. Um, that is the hardest part for most big companies. And uh, every now and again, I'm successful at this. And every now and again, I feel miserably. But I forever am going into a company and saying, you know, Chevrolet, there are Fords on the road. There are Hondas on the road. You can't go. This is the only car. This is the best car. There are no other cars. You have to just say, Sometimes this is a great car, right? Um, I was in a room with, and I, I'm not going to remember his name, but he was the president of Panasonic Electronics USA and was at CES in Las Vegas. And he is, we're there on his behest. Like there's about six or eight of us blogger types. And he's just, his company, his team has just given us a pile of their product to like go play with on the floor. We're supposed to go make videos with it and make podcasts with it and try it out and say good things about Panasonic because they just gave us a bunch. We're in a room with this guy. He's the president. He's important. He's Japanese. Uh, we're honor and face and all the stuff that we don't quite always understand as Americans is also in display. And someone hands him another company's video recorder. And it was, it, this no longer exists, but it was called the flip and it was massively popular in like 07. And he looks at it and he's just looking at it and he goes, I've, I have one of these, I've seen this. He goes, I can't get over how perfect this is. Just the fact that there's a power button and a record button and that's it. He says, this is a beautiful device. This is a great device. This is the head of Panasonic Electronics who is there to make us say nice things about their company, complimenting a competitor. Who do you think I'm going to listen to? Who do you think I'm going to be loyal to? Yeah. This guy, this guy says what's true. And for whatever reason, companies still can't get that message into their belly, Nathan. That is, if, if there was, I've done that twice now. If there was one thing that I, I wish I could hit the magic fairy wand over the head is that companies were vaguely truthful about their competitors and, and where they stack up and where they don't. And that doesn't mean you have to walk around saying bad things about yourself all the time. But you have to acknowledge that there are sometimes better competitors in the air than you. Yeah. And by doing that, that gives us credibility. And then when we do talk about our products, they're going to trust what we have to say. I told a, a, a company back when I was speaking a ton, you know, it's a different world right now. Back when I was speaking a ton, I gave someone my speaking rate and they said, no, 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 I can't afford that. 
I said, you know, what's great. I have three friends who charge far less than I do, who I think are better at this exact topic. So why don't I recommend those three friends? You know what? One of those people got that business. That person's very joyful. That person will someday refer me to someone's business, right? It's, you know, if we worry about that sort of finite amount, like we're never going to have enough or, you know, if I don't get it, then, you know, nobody else should have it. We're never going to succeed. We always treat money as if it's finite and we treat time as if it's infinite. It's the other way around. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So as, as we work with people that have more and more money and have more and more success, it's interesting how money becomes less of a priority to them and time becomes the primary decision-making factor. I mean, I need money. Boy, I like paying my mortgage. <laughs> um, I, I really like being able to afford dining, you know, options. And, and, and I think we do need to kind of consider money. And we always, <laughs> when you don't have any money and you hear someone say money's not important, you pretty much want to put your fist through whatever you're watching them on. So I, I can't say money's not important, but boy, if you manage and master time a little bit better, if you treat people as if their time is important, if you treat people as if they are important, money comes to you so much faster than that other methodology where you think money is the goal. Yeah, what a brilliant point. Okay, uh, your book talks about six characteristics of trust agents. Uh, you wanna talk me through those a little bit? So one of them you mentioned, Archimedes, that's the third one. Uh, first one we started with was make your own game, which is a really, uh, positioning would be another way to look at that, um, that whole concept of category design. You can't be the best Gary Vaynerchuk because there already is one. And you know you shouldn't try to be the next best Gary Vaynerchuk either. So instead, you pick some new category that where you are absolutely the best. You could say, I am the most incredible media platform in the world for hot sauce. You know, mm-hmm. I love hot sauce so much. You're going to never fall out of love with me because you like hot sauce too. Right. So there you go. Number one, make your own game. Um, I'm not going to, I don't have the book in front of me, so I'm going to have to guess on a few of these. So uh, build an army, I think is one of them, which is near the end. Um, we, we say to people that you, know, you can't do this on your own. You've got to learn a little bit about growing some people up. Um, yep. We have uh, Agent Zero, which is the concept that if you're going to work on networking, networking is one of the most underrated things that people can do. And the only reason we underrate it is because it's done so poorly. You and I yep. and a lot of other people have been in a room where suddenly it's like binge, business card ninjas are there. They're like, whiz, whiz, whiz. You know, those cards are flying everywhere. And you're like, whoa, back it up. Or someone who wants to link in with you just because they've heard your name out loud, like Beetlejuice. Um I link to people that I think I might be able to help augment their business. I link to prospects a lot of times. So if I don't connect to you on LinkedIn, it's probably because I don't have anything I think I need to sell you. Sometimes if we've done work together on LinkedIn, right? So these networking things, we cover that in Agent Zero. Um, Build an army is the idea that uh, you can get a lot further along if you get more and more people connected to the process and, and give them the tools to do it. Make sure that's all handled. So that's an important one. You have human artist is in there. Oh, human art. Thank you. I was like, I'm totally missing one. Yeah. I can give you the rest of them. I have the, (laughs) you're good that way. Mine's somewhere else. (laughs) Human artist is the idea. 
every time I say it now, I, I, I giggle to myself and think of like Subway, like a sandwich artist. Uh, a human artist is the art of human interaction, right? It, you know, uh, you in your intro, you mentioned the Tony Robbins Internet Money Master series. If you watch the set, if you've ever looked at that set of DVDs, it's it's like really awesome, like murderer type people over and over and over again, like Frank Kearns of the world and all that. Like, you know, do this, use this formula, execute and whatever. And you get to me and it's like a Care Bears DVD got stuck in there. So you should hug people. Why not make relationships? You should love on people. And they're I, like, I always love the contrast. I always thought that Tony should sell this, like all these black discs and then a pink one. <laughs> uh, because I'm such a weirdo compared to everybody else in that pile. But with a human artist, endless amounts of people, this, this sounds like super, like I feel braggy or weird when I say it, but I'll say it out loud. So endless amounts of people say, my best memories of Chris Brogan is he made me feel really good. Or my memory of Chris Brogan was that he was surrounded by all these people and he saw me over the crowd and he yelled my name and made sure I came into the crowd because he also wanted to be connected with me. And, you know, that's by design. It's, it's by the fact that I really think people do matter. And I think it's, there, there's such a slender difference between somebody not feeling important and someone feeling like, oh, you, you value them. Uh, you and I missed a meeting and it was my mistake. It was a terrible mistake. I felt awful about it. I was like, oh my gosh, I've ruined everything. Uh, I value your time. You've had a lot of other people who have missed a meeting who've never said a single thing about it, right? But- Hopefully you come away saying, oh, I was, you know, all right. I was a little grumpy, but I'm okay now. It, it happens, right? And so how we act in those moments or how we act with other people, I think that matters so much more professionally than we ever give it credit for. And, and that there is a, like a monetary difference to what you do or don't do in those situations. Yeah. I loved how you responded to that, where you said you valued my time. It was no big deal to me. I didn't care. I was just grateful that you were responding to me. But I, I loved that you said that. I think there's a, a, a core concept there that at moments of crisis or moments when there's been some kind of, we haven't performed the way we wanted to, I, I think at those, I don't know what you would call those moments, um, when someone's having a hard time or, or there's a disruption of some type, I think how we respond to those situations is exponentially weighted higher. And it's like people have a true window into our souls when things get tough. I, I guess another way to say it is, you know what a, a, a girl's really like after you break up with her, right? You, you see what that person's really like or what a guy's really like after you break up with him, but... It's, um, that's interesting. I had not thought about it that way, but I guess so. It's, uh, I have a very personal response to that one, but, um, no, I think that there's, there's a great expression I heard first in Disney, uh, speak, and it's called a moment of truth. And a moment of truth is anytime a guest comes in contact with any aspect of their experience at the park, say, and receives, uh, an impression. So, so again, it's a moment, any time or any moment where in which a guest, which is what they call the people who come to Disney, come in contact with any aspect of their world and receive an impression. Now, see how there's a bit of wiggle in there. It could be a good impression, could be bad, but a moment of truth. So you come to a, uh, well, we see these videos all the time. Uh, let's, let's do Disney parks. You see videos of like Star Wars characters and there'll be like a four-year-old kid and the four-year-old kid will be dressed like Ray 
and you know Darth Vader is, is walking by, and then Kylo Ren's coming by, and Ray puts out her hand, and then Kylo Ren goes, "Oh, I've been, you know, hit, hit by the Force." Right? That kid lives on that moment for so long. That parent lives on that moment until they're dead. That parent goes, "That Kylo Ren actor made me, made my kid feel like the most important person in the universe." Right then. Yeah, I'm gonna forget that. Now that's Disney, right? And someone will say, "Well, that's just Disney. I sell toilets." It doesn't matter. I just had I just had a financial situation, and uh, I thought, well, maybe there must be some mistake. Perhaps I can fix this. Perhaps I can, you know, get not this very awful number. And when I talked to the person, the answer was, nope. You've got to pay all that. It's all yours. And I was like, hmm. And uh, the person said, well, I think it sucks and I think it's tough and I wish I had better answer for you. And I know that things aren't so great out there right now. And I know that you probably didn't want that, that feedback. I, I know you didn't really want to pay the highest possible amount that you could imagine when you didn't even expect a bill at all. I said, yes. He said, so I really feel for you. And I, and I you know, we have to do what we have to do. Like we have to handle this financial situation. But I, but I feel for you. Well, it didn't change anything. I had to pay the whole bill. But that person made me feel good about paying that whole bill. That person didn't make me feel bad. That person didn't be like, you're a bad person. That person didn't say, you know, what kind of guy are you anyway? How did you not know this bill was out there? Like, how did this surprise you? What are you, some weirdo? I am some weirdo. I totally didn't know that bill was out there. And I got wailed. It was like a lot more money than I had in the bank. And I got handled. And I will, the reason I got the mortgage at the bank that I got was on the day that I went to get the mortgage, there were three big names and the little guy. And I said to the little guy, I said, why would I pick you if there's all these big guys? And they said, because the minute you sign with them, they're going to sell your mortgage to some other company and it's going to be batched and bundled and you're just going to be a number. We're right here. Our bank and this bank is exactly 200 footsteps to my left. They said, we're here the whole time you have the mortgage. If you need something, just walk down the street, knock on our door. We're right here. That's why. That's the moment of truth, right? So I could tell you nothing more than that, but you could say, but it's just a bank mortgage. Well, it wasn't last week when I had that phone call I didn't want to have. <laughs> it, was, it was my bank partner who I had done business with for 15 years, making me not feel as bad as I could have that I had to pay a bill. Yeah. I love it. I'd like to go back to that Kylo Ren story really quick. Mm -hmm. um, I'm about to publish a book uh, called Monetization. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this book, I, I talk about eight major tectonic shifts that are happening today that we're in the middle of and how we can leverage those to increase our monetization. And one of the tectonic shifts I talk about, I call passion marketing. Mm -hmm. And this concept of passion marketing, is, it's tied to to um, uh, it, it's tied to the the age of distraction concept you talked about a little bit. You know, consumers there, there's a, a thousand good things for every one of our customers to do for every hour they have available, right? And being good isn't good enough anymore. And so we can't just put out a good product or a good show. We have to create something that's a high priority in their life. 
for us to rise to the top among all those other good choices. The way to do this that, that I've developed is, is called passion marketing. And you go in and you find the level 10 passion of your target audience. And then you build your products and your messaging and your marketing, your social channels and you know content, everything around those level 10 passions. And it works really well. You look brilliant and you just found the passion and, and built around the passion. Um, so going back to that Kylo Ren moment, why was that so impactful for the parent? You made the comment that, you know, the kid's going to remember it for a long time and the parent's going to remember it for the rest of their life. And I think the reason why that happens is because to the child, the child is passionate about Star Wars or Disney or, or whatever it was, Kylo Ren. And, and that moment allowed them to that, that child was able to connect with that thing they were passionate about. And that was great. But to the parent, they were passionate about their relationship with the child. And Kylo Ren created a moment or whatever, whatever the characters were that, that created that moment, um, made it so that that child had an amazing interaction on that adventure with their parent. And that parent was positively associated with a level 10 passion of the child. And that became the level 10 passion of the parent, if that makes sense. I think that, um, I, I think that there, I love the, I love the concept. Let me start there. I think what you said sounds really smart. I think it makes sense. Um, I think it's going to be hard. I think it's hard for marketers to accept this, which is when you write a book like the book you're writing, that's what you're writing for. You're writing to say, you could just do it the way you've been doing it. You're going to get the results you've been getting. But if you tried this idea, you might get somewhere. So this monetization concept, this sort of getting after level 10 passions, there's so much to it. There's so much opportunity. It requires a few things. It And Quite basically, it requires some kind of CRM option that doesn't exist uh, or that isn't being used the way it could be used right now in a lot of businesses. Not the way things like Ritz-Carlton operate. Ritz-Carlton, once you're a customer there ever, once you're a guest at their place ever, they keep a database of you that they never stop growing. What's your dog's name? How old's your dog? You know, what's, you know, what, what newspaper did you want? What newspaper could you have cared less about? And, and they keep, anniversary. Yep. Anniversary. Would you like the floors up higher, the floors down low? Um, and they stack that. And I think that any company that wants to be smart about this is going to really invest a little bit extra money for a little bit extra data input and a little bit of extra rows, so to speak, in their database around that. Because think about that person who came there as Ray and who, deflected Kylo Ren. Imagine that actual moment, not just getting captured on film, but getting stuck in the database. And you find out that that person's back in the park four years later. Imagine that then we now have the option for Kylo Ren to move that story forward another notch. That character, that, that girl, like the kid who's dressed as Ray, could be a guy dressed as Ray, might not even remember that interaction, but what if Kylo Ren did? What could that look like? I think there's just so much opportunity there. I think you're so smart for writing about that. There's there any time someone gets the opportunity to, it's like that moment of truth, you know, come in aspect with any, come in contact with any aspect. 
I used to go to this hotel I loved in Boston called the Colonnade Hotel. And I, I mentioned in Twitter that I was going to see the Black Keys that night because my girlfriend at the time had bought me tickets to the Black Keys. Well, the Colonnade person ran over to the store. Believe me, it's weird that there's even a record store still in the world, but ran over and bought the latest Black Keys album and had it on my pillow by the time I got home with a little basket with some beers and candy and food and stuff in it. And I thought, man, what a, what a detail, you know, what a detail that made me like it cost them 14 bucks and it made me book another bunch of rooms at the colonnade over the years, just because they were part of my night. You know what I mean? So it's not that hard. There's so many ways that they can execute on that. And there are so many opportunities uh, to just put together that next bit, that next step, that great opportunity to make someone feel good. I love it. What do you think are the biggest, most important tectonic shifts that we're facing today, other than credibility marking that we've been talking about? Sure. Um, here's a few. So one is we're never going back to a full everybody back in the office mode. We know this, like it's, this working remotely is not a just because of a virus thing from now on, because who really desperately wants to get, I can't wait to get to my cubicle. You know, I can't wait to have to put on pants for meetings. You know, no one, zero people are thinking I, that's going to be great. So you're going to have a lot open. Yeah. There's so many things that go with that. Right. So what's that mean? Fewer commutes, fewer new cars, fewer uh, location, location, location situations, uh, more delivery, more opportunity to bring the last mile of the food to the house. You know, I ordered a DoorDash and this, this is so lame. I ordered McDonald's DoorDash. I wanted to try their new uh, crispy chicken nuggets. I was on the phone all day. I ordered it and I ordered a black iced coffee that came with it. And the, and the way they delivered it had this kind of other kind of delivery tray for the beverage that I'd never seen before. This is such a dumb story, Nathan. Here's what is cool. The DoorDash person is, is able to deliver in a much better way because McDonald's put this new technology to keep my iced coffee vertical that you don't get when you go to the drive-thru window. It's like, it's a really quality delivery so that they're not, they're not going to spill iced coffee and I'm not going to be mad at the de delivery person. That's a tectonic shift. These delivery tools and systems, drone yeah. delivery, um, faster opportunity for retail interaction. You know, we've said this for decades, you know, what about Amazon? Well, look what else came about in this time, in this pandemic of need, we got more passionate about our local people again for the first time. We wanted to see some of our local restaurants stay alive. We wanted to pay for takeout for them. Even if we didn't necessarily have the money for going out to eat all the time, we threw a little of their way because we wanted to see them alive because we, we thought the world would be better with them in it than out. And so that's another opportunity, local localized business or, or personalized localized business. Uh, there's so many that all kind of fit around um, we humans now kind of being in this bubble you know, that this, this disease and, 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 and problem with a, with a virus and all that have changed our perspective of the outside world. Travel's going to be big though. The minute the bans are lifted and the minute that like the whole, you know, Western hemisphere suddenly can travel again, travel businesses are going to pick up after a bunch of years of real sorrow and mm -hmm. everything that supports that industry. So there's, I mean, there's always opportunity. I, I, I can never see doom and gloom. There's occasional businesses verticals that are going to have a problem. But I think that there's just so many opportunities to see value get brought forward. And it's, it's going to be your words. It's going to be passion that gets people there. Yeah. 
Any other tectonic shifts that jump out to you? You think we're in the middle of today? Gosh, I'm so dread. Well, video, by the way, no matter what, video, video, yeah, video. Sure. Get more into That's video. That's one of my eight. Period. Get into video. And, and it's just not coming home. Give me a few comments about that. Why is video so important? Because if we're not going to be able to meet face to face, we're going to have to meet eyes to eyes. You know what I mean? We're going to have to look at these lenses. We're going to have to connect. And, and so many people have done the barest minimum to get onto Zoom that they're just talking into their laptop lid. Well, that's going to be like showing up in jeans and a t-shirt, you know, to the Armani store, you know, it's not going to work so well. So you've got to get a little more pro every day with the video. Um, and I don't mean that you got to buy super fancy stuff. You got to buy a not bad mic, a couple of lights, you know, it's not, it's not the end of the world, a, a not bad camera eventually. And I think that that's important. Um, and then I guess one more that I'll give just for the pile, uh, so to speak, is that in a world where everything is so broken apart like this, he who has the best data that drives to a very personalized approach of what a human does is going to do a lot better than everybody else. Meaning everything I do is sort of anecdotal and loving and all that sort of a thing. But whoever has really great hardcore data that says, you know, I don't know what Chris tells everybody else, but I know that guy gets a burger in his belly once a week. Well, then <laughs> someone out there wants that business. Someone wants to be my once a week burger. The person who has that data and who could do something good with it is going to be the winner. There was one of your six um, elements of, of being a trust agent that we did not cover. And it was called one of us. You want to comment on that one just a little bit? Oh, yeah. So one of us is is a really simple one to grab for, too. It's always looking for the connection. It's always looking for what makes us similar. You know, if I'm into Batman uh, and you're into Batman, you know, we can talk about that. Or, you know, if I understand the challenges you have because I've lived in this particular suburb of New England for so many years, then you start to understand that. Um, one of us is, you know, how do we make sure that in company settings, we're communicating that we're part of their, their situation in some way or another. Um, and it's amazing. Some companies do this. Some companies don't. Some companies bank their entire marketing budget on it. Nike said, we stand with Colin Kaepernick. And that cost them people who like to be racist. And that brought a new bunch of people with, they made tons of money from people mm -hmm. who said, that's so cool. That's so cool. They chose to do that. We'll give them our money. Meanwhile, Adidas said, well, you know, that's a, that's a good, but here we got a thing that if you want to, um, we're pulling plastic out of the ocean and we're turning it into shoes. So if you kind of want cleaner oceans, pick up some shoes, you know, and, and that's a one of us thing, right? You know, we can pick our footwear based on what cause matters. Now, uh, millennials kind of had that, and then it's going to be even more so heading up to the, uh, the Gen Z's of the world. What uh, secrets or strategies uh, about digital monetization could you share with us? What do you think are the, the best ways to monetize digitally? The more personalization, the better. Um, I continue to, there's a great book that's now maybe, I was going to say it's five years old, but it could be 10 years old now. I don't know. Uh, the Automatic Customer by John, John Warlow. That is a must read yep. book and it goes great with your book, Nathan. It would be a nice little, put it on the same shelf. Um, and why? Because he talked about subscriptions and monthly recurring revenue and all that sort of a thing. And as I deal with big, big companies sometimes and smaller companies, those companies that are bridging their way from midsize to big, it's always about how much of your money can we predict you're going to have? So at a, at a really crass, crude, basic, how much money are you going to make next year kind of question, 
It's the ones that have subscription-based businesses or businesses where there's some sense of constant flow of uh, capital, revenue coming in that you can do better things with. So, I mean, one of my secrets always is if there's a way to make a subscription out of it, do it. I've rebuilt owner media to be a pure subscription business. You could buy either just webinars or the yeah. whole kit and caboodle. There's two price points to the whole company, period. I threw everything else away and we lost money in uh, the first bunch of months. And now it's coming back because people are going, oh, well, I kind of like that. I like that I could buy for the same price I was paying for one webinar. I'll just get 200. And so, you know, it's not a bad deal when you look at it. So I think that's one. The, yeah. the final, it, you know, if I can't stress it enough, I'll, I'll stress it one last time and sound pathetically repetitive. Um, data, just use personalization in the best ways possible. Never the creepiest ways, but in the best ways possible. The more you can guess what I want to do and the more you can be semi-predictive, like, gee, we noticed you hadn't bought any toilet paper from us lately. The world hinges on these kinds of things. If you can make my life easier, I have a food delivery coming, Nathan, while we're talking right now at this moment, not, not a sandwich. I didn't call DoorDash for a burger, but my like groceries for the week. And the guy texted me and he said, I'm five minutes out. So while we're talking, I texted him back and said, oh my gosh, I'm on an interview with, with my friend, Nathan. And he said, you know what? I'm just going to hang out here. I'll just chill. You text me when you're ready for me. That's wow. above and beyond. You know, he's going to get a great tip, but that's yeah. all he did was send a text message, Nathan. And it becomes part of this interview forevermore. And, 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 and the reason is because any company could just say, well, screw it. I'm ringing your doorbell right now. I'm going to wreck your interview. This guy said, I'll wait. Thank you so much, Chris, for sharing your stories and knowledge with us today. Here are some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, we must become trust agents for our potential customers. Number two, we can build trust by making our own game, focusing on a niche where we can be the best in the world. Number three, people are more willing to trust others who are similar to them. We should make our customers feel like we are like them. Number four, we can leverage tectonic shifts to leapfrog competitors. Number five, networking can be an essential part of a successful business growth strategy. We should focus on networking to those to whom we think we can offer value. Number six, we need to become human artists and focus on building relationships as our masterpieces. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. Number seven, we need to build an army of people to help us be far more successful than we can be on our own. We can't do it all by ourselves. If you enjoyed this interview and want to learn more about Chris, Connect with him on his LinkedIn profile or his website, chrisbrogan.com. You can also find his books on amazon.com and watch his videos on YouTube. And there's links to all of those sites in the blog post for this episode on monetizationnation.com. Do you want to be a better digital monetizer? Then please follow these channels to receive free digital monetization content. Number one, get a free monetization assessment of your business or subscribe to the free Monetization e-magazine at monetizationnation.com. Number two, please subscribe to the Monetization Nation podcast or YouTube channel. Number three, please follow Monetization Nation on Instagram and Twitter. How do you build trust with your customers? Please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success in your journey to become a trust agent.
Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.